Welcome to the Meeple Syrup After Show. You can see all of our contact information if you're interested in finding us on Twitter, online, our email, YouTube. You can even find us on iTunes where uh, we have had our previous episodes ripped into audio form so you can binge listen to the show. But this show would never have existed without a show that that airs just before us. Yes, we are like the late night show, but before us is Nerd Nighters, and we have J.R. Honeycutt here, who has just filmed a, a wonderful episode everyone needs to watch, featuring one of our co-hosts, Sen Fung Lim, with his bamboozle brother. I'm curious, J.R., how was the episode tonight? It was a great episode, and I've got to say real quick, earlier, Sen we determined that volcanoes and escape rooms had a strong correlation. But I'm the Nerd Nighters sure do. and the Meeple Syrup have a strong causation, my friend, because <laughs> we exist off of Well, well there, there is definitely a causal link there. Like, without Nerd Nighters, there probably wouldn't have been this. Yeah. Because you guys made it look so easy. <laughs> and then we and learned I, that you were just better at yeah. making it look easy. <laughs> totally. But it's like, oh, look, if JR can do it and, and Ace can do it, I think we can do it. And Daryl's like, yeah, man, their show looks great. We can do that. And then we found out that, wow, this is harder than it looks. So me, me and Ace are constantly like ducks in the water, man. Our little feet are paddling. And uh, we're, just, we're, just, we're just glazing on by. As we, just can't, we just can't see it. It's under the water. Underneath right. the uh, lower third, right? That's exactly correct. Uh, and it's underneath our Twitch stream now. Mm-hmm. So Daryl and I were talking about the Twitch stream uh, because, you know, what Nerd Nighters does, Meeple Syrup eventually follows. Um, <laughs> what is... Can you name the benefits? Can you name the, the detractors? What is, what is the overall net gain to, yeah, from going um, to Twitch or, or from co-streaming or whatever? Let me let me first say that Ace, as the producer, is the one who set up the Twitch stream with our buddy Brian, who used to be on the show all the time. Uh, so I'm speaking from the experience of being a co-host on the show. Yeah. Uh, oh, Fightmaster, yeah, yeah, yeah. The producer. Um, but I will say there are two huge benefits here. The f- I'll really say two and a half huge benefits. The first huge benefit is that um, twitch.tv slash dfwnerdnight Mm-hmm. Now exists as a place you can go there anytime you want to, and it's immediately streaming. If we're live, it's on. One link all the time, boom, you're good to go. Yep. Otherwise, it has our stuff archived from three days before, and if you want to find stuff older than that, it's always also on our YouTube channel. Uh, the second huge benefit is that Twitch has a native audience for gaming. It exists for streaming gaming, and Twitch subcategorizes the live content that it has based on how you categorize your content. So, for instance, we can put up our show and put it in the, like, the shows about board games section or even more, like, shows about game design, etc. And people who are interested in that will go to Twitch and look through those channels and actually turn on and come find us. And in this space we're occupying, which is, like, live shows about board games, there are very, very few constant contributors. So we found that it's really easy to have people that have never heard of us just jump in and start watching because they saw our link, which isn't something that YouTube does really at all. Um, yeah, YouTube, you have to seriously want to go find that thing as opposed to, hey, these right. are grouped. Right. So, like, the fact that, like, it's almost like we're doing the show with a window to the world and people are walking by on the sidewalk and might stop and see us, right, like at a radio station. That's a good analogy, yeah. yeah. So is that the half benefit or no, what's, what's the that, half benefit? The second benefit. The half benefit is that the, the delay has dropped from about two minutes to 13 seconds. Um, 
and I guess like the other half of that benefit is that the chat client there is a little bit smoother and easier to use. Yeah, um, more engaged that way. Yeah, exactly. It's just easier to engage. Like when we're still laughing about a joke and the audience hears it, like like the less lag time is much better. Um, and it, you know, it's just a little smoother. Um, there's been no problem simulcasting. We're doing both streaming on YouTube and also streaming through Twitch. Um, and it's not any harder. Like I don't know that the setup is that much harder for Ace. It's really nice, and that way, like, we can also use our Twitch stream to just, like, you know, stream tabletop simulator games or yeah. Rocket League or anything else that we happen to be doing. We can pick the webcam up, and we can just stream our, our board game nights, or if me and Ace are playing a game. Oh, yeah, I think that seems table. a little more reasonable Twitchy. and interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely Twitch, right? right. Um, oh, so <laughs> Dave Tomei is saying, Twitch sucks because all his username options are taken, so now he needs a new handle. That's <laughs> What's his name? What's your name, Dave? I'll, give, I'll give you a handle right now. JR's going to make you a new handle. We'll do it live. It's going to be two minutes until we have this answer, but on Twitch, it would only be 13 seconds. Well, see, tonight um, on our broadcast, like when I, I was watching you guys on Twitch, and your YouTube and your Twitch feed was about the same. It was like a seven-second delay, but on our show tonight, um, on the YouTube feed, had to be almost like two minutes, three minutes behind. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, right should... now on the actor show, it's only about 10 second delay. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I guess it's just volume, I guess, for Google. Yeah, and, um, and times, traffic times. Or maybe you guys just have more traffic than we do. I don't know. <laughs> oh, for could sure. Be, that right? too. Yeah, so that might it might be server load. It might be any, it could be anything. But I generally don't find our chat to be that slow. Oh, I do. Slow. I don't know. This is riveting. Let's just talk riveting. about this forever. Let's talk about this forever. Well, you know what you did miss out on and what you do need to watch? Matt Leacock? Uh, we, both, we, we both had Chris Leader and Matt Leacock on. Guys, I want to show you something right here. Can you see this printer that is right there? That is the Matt Leacock special. He gave me this printer after BGGCon, and as a result, I'm now a real game designer and can make my own prototypes. I Call love that man. I love that man with all of my heart. So right there, and you know, just paying it forward. He's investing in and creating more board game designers. Look at that. That's incredible. Um, yeah. we, we, we specifically chatted about Dice, and I'm going to ask uh, JR a question here sure. on Dice, because this was on my list of questions asked that I realized I never asked. But um, what do you think of different shaped dice? And I'm talking specifically like whenever you're talking about like D10s or D4s or... Oh, like different polyhedra dice? Different kind of dice. Uh, what do you so think? not D6s that are just weird shaped. Not, not, like not just, deck. you know, all of a sudden your D6 is transparent. Or right. that you're, or, <laughs> and not that, like, just like your D6 with a custom bit, you know, custom right. print. I'm talking about weird dice. And, um, and you know, see, they're, they're pretty normal for me, but yeah, I get what you mean. Unusual dice. What do you think is uh, the pros and cons of designing with these components? Sure. JR. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna break any ground here. Uh, the obvious pro of designing with, uh, with special, we'll call them special shaped dice. Special. Uh, especially the four-sided dice, is that if you make a ring of them around your design circle, your friends will step on them and die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or you look like they, they are. They are the caltrops like of the Kemet. Right. So actually, that's what I was gonna say, Daryl. Um, so if you guys haven't played Kemet before, check it out. Uh, Kemet uses four-sided dice as actual pyramids, which is thematic because you're like basically in an Egyptian theme, battling over these pyramids. 
but the dice are also actual four-sided dice, and like their their number on the die matters mechanically. It's a beautiful fusion of shape, theme, and mechanic. Um, and the polyhedral dice can sometimes give you that effect, right? Also, anytime you've got like a, like a chance to roll something different, you can total these things up. You can use them for different like um, for different distributions of probabilities and stuff. They're just interesting. I don't know. I like them. Can I personally, my favorite games that use unusual dice that are six are successful. Uh, Zia, Legends of Adrift system for sure, right? As you buy, um, as you buy what different about more engines. Successful than that. More like successful how, than how successful are you talking? That's why uh, I'm just Pathfinder Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons? Pathfinder Dungeons and Dragons, Dragons is pretty successful. Well, Pathfinder okay. Mass mar- let's go. Let's go. Um, um, not mass market, but mass market potential. Gateway game. Oh, uh, gateway games that use different shapes of dice. Um. I'm just throwing the challenge out there. Everyone, anyone can jump in. I, I I don't understand why you're asking for a more successful game than D and D. Well, no, I D and D has association, so automatically there's there's an acceptance. Is your of, of the dice? I'm just trying you, to think of example. If if maybe publishers are afraid to use these dice in game in certain games, if well, there's an association. Or, okay, so I'll give you an example. Um, not of what you're asking for, but just an example of what a publisher asked for. It's it's funny because uh, that's why he's custom twelve. Go ahead, Sen. Sorry. No, nice. okay. uh, Zoch actually asked us for games with polyhedral dice. Right. Interesting. Because they say there's there's room for it. Um, right. They don't cost that much more. They do cost more. Right. Uh, but admittedly, now, they're than now not regular, Yeah, they're not afraid of the price because they think that they could. Use some. They could do something neat with it, right? Um, or we could do something neat with it, and then they could publish that. Uh, so what else? I mean, Holterfast uses barrels. Barrels. Yeah, I yeah. Love, I yeah. Love the the barrels. Barrels. Although I would not say that. Sadly, I would not say Holterfast is. Uh, uh, Sheriff of Nottingham uses a whole bunch of two-sided die. Tiny Epic Western uses bullet dice. Bullet dice. But yeah, the, really bullets, but the bullet dice are really just d6s. Yeah. They're cool D6s, mind yeah. you. I mean, we're, ta- we're, we want, we're talking about, like, poly- polyhedral. So, like, fours and eights and twelves and tens and twenties. And... There's no 32. <laughs> there will be now. <laughs> there will be now. Um, um, yeah, those dodecahedral dice. Um, yes. I don't think... If, if the premise is that this is a thing that publishers are scared of, I'm not sure that publishers are scared of it. I've never heard a publisher say, ew, I don't want to use those dice. But I can imagine the like maybe designers aren't designing with them since it's like not necessarily a prevalent thing, or maybe they're just like more expensive to mold or something like that. Well, they yeah, do, I mean, the they do, the cost is a thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing, but it's pretty minor if you're talking about standard standard yeah. D8, a standard D10, a standard D12. I'm just saying that there's got to be something about the fact that when I look around at my gateway games, I I have heard from some publishers all that all D6s. I, yeah, exactly. Well, I have heard from some publishers that they don't want to use non-standard dice because yeah. of the grokability. Yeah. There's a game on Kickstarter right now, Vasty Wilds, and the guy has Kickstarter. The, the guy has made metal dice, but yep. it's kind of like a frame, and then it's got the number on a little, like a, thing. it's they're really really nice looking. And then another company uh, last year, uh, they look like Tron dice. They had their. Oh yeah, yeah, those are yeah. cool. I don't know yeah, those. those. Those were nice too. Those are very I got cool. A, I got a bunch of line really those. neat little dice here. Mm. Mm. Those are nice. Yeah, yeah, they're nice. 
And then if you I like, like you know, blood spatters, you know, different blood spatters. Oh, yeah. I got a... The knife on the one side. What and else I gotta, got? I gotta say, there's some cool today. stuff that people can get out there when it comes to prototyping and design. Like, you can find dice where they have the ridges. I love when they have the ridges in there so you can stick the sticker inside and the sticker extra is not going to affect the roll. Oh, and fireball dice. Or, like, butter dice. I call them butter dice, but dice that are totally clear so you can put stuff on them. Yeah. Yep. Or, or in them. Or in them. Pixel die, pixel number die. My or if you really want to get weird. Tiny baby dice. Like oh, I got tiny so baby small. dice. Or what oh, about these? Tiny. What do you How about this one? these puzzle dice? Here, oh, that's thing. weird. I gotta you ask. Assemble the sides. No, no, I, I gotta get this die out. I'm, I'm, don't ask questions while I'm getting dice out. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, have you ever seen these? That's a strange these convention, puzzles? then. These puzzles, oh, let me see. you get to customize yeah. the sides. I have, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've I, seen those. I even have glass versions of those. Wow. Uh, is it actually glass or is it acrylic? It's an acrylic, yeah. But oh, okay. It's... But see-through. See-through-y. No, I was worried that glass, you know, would actually be, like, sharp and sure. all that. I gotta I got ask, do you guys have a strong opinion, and this is very meaningful to me, do you have strong opinions about what side of the die a custom symbol should occupy? For instance... No, but I do store... have this really, really, really small die right here. Well, it's tiny. That is, is. That, that is tiny. I and have, I have I this radio action, radioactive die right here. Oh, I like that. I know, That's right? Exactly. But no, uh, yes, because I, I, I'm looking at, let's see, where'd it go? I, I have oh, to... Oh, here, my I Council Verona die. Right? So the yeah. V is on the 6. Which yeah. is where it's supposed to be. Or the 1. No, not the 1. Only it, the six. it depends on what it is. Mm -mm. To, if it yeah, can be... Who came up with the idea that, oh, the 1 is going to be here and the 6 is going to be like, who said that that's how... What, like mathematical distribution of dice pips? Yeah. That each side ha equals the opposite to 7? Yeah. Like, I don't know who, who did that, that, but it's smart. <laughs> um, I'm just saying that we should like make dice that are, oh, I'm expecting that, oh, wait, no, that's a 4 now. Yeah, just change this is a, a kind of a cool hexagon die. Yeah. And this is one of my favorite ones. This is like a Cthulhu die. Mm. A big eye of the beholder type thing going on there. And then I have one of the cool. giant foam 12ers from Cthulhu dice. Oh, nice, nice. nice. I, have a, I have a couple plain ones that I use for street like street parties for like giant games. I also like this one, which is like bullets in a, a oh. six-shooter. That's cool. That would be good for like uh, bang the dice game. Or, or six-gun. Yeah. That's too funny. I'm working on a Western game, and then you just said the Western game you're working on. And I was like, oh man, there's going to be too many Western games out there. With Tiny Epic Western already taking over. <laughs> Have you? Did you guys play Tiny Epic when you. when? Uh, I watched Michael? a playthrough at BGG, actually. Okay, good. And there's... I'm not sure if I like it more than Galaxies. I got. I, I, I quite like Galaxies, so it's hard to it's hard for Galaxies to be top for me. But and the not, only time I, I played Tiny Epic was when it one. was when it was very uh, not very raw, but kind of like definitely it was Gen Con last year. So there's been six more months of development, so I don't know what it's like now. But um, I, I enjoyed it. I destroyed everybody at it, but I, I still like Galaxy better, even though I. I've never won Galaxy in my life. 
but I like it better for some reason. I like the um, not the not it's not even the theme because I love westerns for some reason. But uh, all know. right, I got I got a question. Um, I think of this game whenever I think of this game, I describe it as um, Settlers of Dominion, uh, Machi Koro. Yeah. I got a panel here. What do y'all think of Machi Koro? What 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 kind of you know what what I, comes to mind for this game? I really can't get behind a game from IDW. So expand. I'm kidding, obviously, because Sin is doing Orphan Black. Um, <laughs> Sin and Jay. No, Machikor is cool. I mean, you know. I love it, but that's because I play with very, very different gamers. Like, right. I have a group of people on Monday that I'll sit down and play Agricola with and be like, yeah, yeah. And then I'll have these people I'll play Yahtzee with, and yeah. these people I'll play, hey, let's play Roll For It or let's play Machikor. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. A, like totally the Roll For It crowd or that yeah. wants a little more game. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to play Lagrange with the same people that no. do Machi Koro. Yeah. No. But I like and it just I, the same. I yeah, I I actually I ever since I saw it at uh, the gathering a, a while ago, like 2 years ago I think was when yep. I first played Machi Koro, and I absolutely adored it because it was Settlers of Dominion. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, a a clever combination of popular game. I do too. I, I don't. I mean, I get. I get why some people might not like it. Uh, I personally think they're, you know, they're a lot of people. Oh, it's broken and blah blah blah. It's actually. I don't believe it's broken. Uh, with, yeah. Yeah. with the expansion rules, it was much better. Oh yes. Yeah. But I still don't even believe the base game's broken. Broken no, is a word that people different experience. People yeah. say it without understanding it. Like like. I haven't figured out how to beat a certain strategy does not mean the game is broken, right? Yeah, or, or somebody's found a, a dominant strategy doesn't necessarily mean a game is broken. You, yeah. I mean, in, in that case, they also have to roll <laughs> really yeah. well. Pretty hard to imagine that a dice game could have a dominant strategy when you really think about it. I don't know, man. You ever bet the don't on craps? <laughs> He's All right. Now, ha having pulled out Machikoro, uh, what are your feelings on Dice City by AEG, Daryl? Uh, yeah, that's a great, a great question, a great comparison. And that's a good link. I just got to play that at the Maple Syrup Con. That was a good time. I, yeah, it was really good, and I got. Where were you, JR? Did we talk <laughs> about this last week? <laughs> Seriously, we're just gonna bombard him every week with thanks, thanks for, but no thanks for ditching us. But um, no. Wait, uh, where? Got, In Origins. No, at no. Maple Syrup Con. Maple Syrup, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so anyways, awful. I was like, oh no. <laughs> like we like would ever bring that up. Lock you for that. I actually um, anyways, think we talked about you the... on the show and, you know, yeah, we like bro hugs over the air. Yeah, we <laughs> did. You should go back and watch that episode. I will. It was a lot of love. <laughs> Lots but, of love. Well, back to the original question that Tyler asked. Oh, yeah, that thing. With the glowing beard. <laughs> um... I, I thought it was a great game. Actually, I really liked it, and I thought that game, although I only played it once, it screamed that it had multiple paths to victory, which right away made me very interested in playing again. Because I played a strategy uh, where I did a mad dash to certain points, but I could also see that certain cards that you could erase to get certain cards, like the ships, done. And I had a viable option to do that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was actually a good follow-up kind of game that if, if someone likes Machi Koro, they should try that as well. Yeah, I, I want to give it a try. I didn't get a chance to play it with you, so I would want to see that. What is your favorite dice game? Anybody? Yahtzee. Uh, Warful Bonanza. 
Oh, I just played that at the Meeple Syrup Camp. I loved it. I, I hate Bonanza, but I love the dice game. You hate Bonanza? How can I we be friends? Bonanza. Yeah, it's slow. Uh, JR kind of stole my answer because I would definitely say Warful Bonanza is one of the most elegantly designed dice I don't, games. I'm not, I don't know that it's my favorite. I was just saying But, it but I don't believe JR because I think there's probably larger games. Like, for uh, instance, I would say that I really enjoy... Lagrangia, and that uses dice. Um, I would say Marco Polo yep. uses dice in a nice way. I would say well, Twilight there's a Imperium. lot of bigger games that I enjoy. I don't enjoy Twilight Imperium, though, JR. <laughs> I would say, oh, My Village. Really love My Village. Uh, I would say, I like nice Twa. Version. Twa, yes. I like how Twa uses dice. Sack uh, attack. Oh, Castles of Burgundy. Let me, <gasps> oh, let me get my answer in here. Let me get my no, answer. No, no, no. I, I also like Basari. Um, I'm a big fan of... Uh, no, oh, no, no, I like Las Vegas. That is Oh, that's fun. a good one. Shout that's out so Castles possible. of Burgundy. My favorite dice game of all time is Manila. I'll say it right now. Oh, oh yeah, Manila, yeah. Wonderful your, game. Your quest for Manila. I remember the whole say quest. it's the dice that make that game? Because I would actually say it's not the dice. Uh, the dice don't make the game, but it's it is unquestion it is unquestionably a dice game. Yes, I agree with that. Sure, like, and just like I would say that uh, the dice don't really make games like the uh, Granja. I mean, like yeah, it's just uh, an aspect of the game. Yeah, right. but games like Las Vegas, if there's no dice, there's no game. Sure, I I have to agree with Beth Sobel, Kingsburg. Love Kingsburg oh. is good, yeah, yeah. Although, I really always feel right. like Kingsburg is a little long, but I really? love Kingsburg, yeah. I like Kingsburg a lot, I, well, especially with the expansion. I still do want to try the uh, Cthulhu version, mm. Kingsport Festival. I've just never had a chance, but I will at some point. Powerbot Dice, King of Tokyo. I'm on Lords of Vegas. Lords of Vegas, is, Lords of Vegas is really interesting. I really There's so much right about that game. I really quite enjoy that game. Um, I'm, not Alien sure, Frontier. I'm not sure if it's perfect, but I, I do enjoy a lot about it. Alien Frontiers yeah. is an interesting dice game because the dice really aren't used, the right, used that way. Aggressive. Marco Polo is a great dice game. I yeah, already yeah, 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 you know, Daryl already said that, buddy. Did I'm you say sure. Roll Through the Ages, Daryl, from your previous guest, Matt Leacock? No, we didn't talk about that the whole show. <laughs> of course we I'm did. I'm being curious. Yeah, we did. Um, oh, oh, what are we talking about? Can't Mike stop. Is, uh, Can't stop. Oh, the greatest. Greatest, the greatest dice game out there, pretty much. Oh, no. And uh, Dark Rock Ventures. Dark Rock Ventures is a good game. Yeah, yeah. Mike Mike Eskey's game is wonderful. Uh, and, and Andrew's game, Ace's game. Oh well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Developer. Oh, I want to see Rolling Canada because I just played Roll Rolling America. Oh, Rolling Freight, Daryl. <gasps> rolling Freight, absolutely. That's, that's Kevin Nunn's Is Rolling Freight Kevin's or Eric's? Is yes, Kevin Nunn's. Kevin, um, Kevin Nunn's game, yeah, yeah. I have it. Eric's here, is uh, Trains and Stations. That's trains right. Trains and Stations. <laughs> okay, no. now here we go. I just want to change the tune. So these are all <laughs> dice games we love. Dice games you were disappointed with. Well, okay, Trains and Stations was brought up. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, I, say, I was really disappointed dice by that Dice games one. that I was disappointed by... Uh, Dragon Slayer. Machi Koro. Oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, shoot. How did I miss this? Sorry. Previous, the ones that I liked. I even set this aside and then forgot to mention it. Garden yeah, Base. Garden Base. That's a fun game. Underrated. 
Oh, I guess I was holding it wrong. Pass the pigs. <laughs> yeah. You don't like Pass um, the pigs? That's a classic. Like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, dice games that I was disappointed with. Oh, dice games that I like. Still back on that. I actually really enjoy Escape. Yeah, Escape is a lot of fun. Curse of the Temple. Yeah. But, uh, oh, dice games that I was disappointed by. Dice games that I was disappointed oh, by. Oh, I saw a couple more that I liked. Shoot, sorry. Yeah, sorry. there's more games that I like than games Rolling that I Bump? I do love Seafall. Yeah. You did like Seafall? I love Seafall. Yeah, of and course you do. I would also <laughs> shout out, this is a, a not well-known game. Rolling I, Bump's actually, awesome. I'm going to guess that no one on this panel has played this game. It's by a French company that does incredible art, sit-down games, and they came out with a dice game called Wiracocha. Oh, Wiracocha. Yeah, I, I played it. Can you say that on Google? <laughs> it was yeah. awesome. It's a, it's okay. There's it was some things that I like about Rhaegar. it. To me, it's like a Machu Koro with just a it's different. Valeria awesome. Card Kingdoms is where it's at. Machu Koro with a D and D elements. It's fantastic. Hmm. With high fantasy, it's really good. It, it takes Machu Koro. You don't it, like Machu Koro, but the minute there's a pasted on. It isn't pasted for full area. Well, I mean, I guess it is pasted because it's an abstract, right? It's a dice game, but. Um, it doesn't feel paced. It's really good, and it uses more mechanics from Dominion than, say, from a game like Roll for It. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, Munchkin is a fine game. It's a, guys, it's a fine game. I've played it. I have enjoyed playing it. I have never walked away from Munchkin feeling like I made a ton of meaningful decisions that made me feel good about myself. I feel like I sort of just did some stuff, and then some stuff happened, and then the game ended. And I think that's that for me. That's why I like Munchkin is because I don't care about. Playing the game as much as I, I like, like people that I'm playing it with. Me. I feel you know, like everyone that walks them. away feels like they could teach that game. I feel like you know it's just different objectives. Yeah. Yeah. I just you know when someone's like, it's like oh well, I just want to I just want to play. Like, let's just have a makeout session then, right? Let's all just kiss each other. And <laughs> we'll just, you we'll would. Jr. You're just like hugging so people. Don't, in, don't deny. I do. You would Roma. Let's just all rub beards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> Reading more, uh, rub. I can't partake in that. I'm uh, just reading other games that Sir Bob and other people on the feed like. Yeah. So okay. there's, oh, there's... Oh. I thought of one that that at least Sen will be ashamed that he didn't mention. That li- that I like or dislike. Yeah, that you love. Oh, I'm sure um, there's many. Blueprints. Oh, oh yeah, Blueprints yes. is a good game, Blueprints. of course. Yeah. Blueprints is a wonderful game. A wonderful dice game. Yeah, you did a great job. Um. What other dice? What other dice games do I like? Because I, I really do enjoy dice. Um, I love rolling dice. Uh, what's the company's name? They did Nevermore. Um, Smirk and Dagger. Smirk and Dagger. Yes, they have a Japanese stacking one. Sutaku. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That you have that I've never played, but I want to because I like the idea of stacking dice. It's a cool one, but Patch Products has a dice stacking game called Stack Attack, where it's probably about eighty percent the same game except you get a beveled uh, poker chip, so as you stack them, it's actually going to sway, so you have to, like, position your dice really oh, nicely. Oh, you showed me that. Yeah. Interesting. interesting. This is Fun a game, game from Patch Products <laughs> that's all about... Uh, that has these weird dice in it, and they're really just basically um, one, two, three dice, uh, so uh, one red side face, two yellows, and three greens. I have no idea how you play the game, because I bought it just for the dice. <laughs> I just thought they were cool. No dice. offense to the game makers. Yeah, no, no offense to uh, Patch Product. But as designers, this is actually often what happens. 
especially at like Value Village. I will buy yeah. many a games just for the components. Mm-hmm. And then pillage them. Oh, you know oh. what, Beth? Beth said she likes the the use of dice and ashes. Hmm. Good discussion point here. What do you think, Jr.? Do you like the dice and ashes? Uh, I love the dice and ashes. Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. I thought I thought you'd be a fan. I would. I would imagine your co-host has a different uh, feeling. Uh, if you're referring to Ace, he hasn't played it. Um, oh, that what? style of game is not really his style. Well, exactly, but but Ashes was my number three game from 2015. I know that's why I set you up with that. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's great, and if you guys haven't played it, you should. Um, uh, if right here. now that now that Z-Man has acquired it, that's how get it right here, right here. Yeah, it's great. I'll happily teach either one of you over Tabletop Simulator we can play sometime. Perfect. It's on Simulator already? Wow. It is, yeah, yeah. Fast. Um, Fuse, yeah, Fuse is wonderful. If, um, I haven't got uses, to play that yet. It uses dice in a really neat way. It's a co-op game. Uh, Kane Klenko coming out, well, it's out now from gonna, Renegade. He's going to be on our show in a month. He is with Scott Gaeta, and uh, Scott and I had a meeting the other day and said that they, you know, Everything's sold out, and they're reprinting, and it's it's awesome. So, uh, some really good stuff happening for Kane, which is wonderful to see. He's a very good designer. Um, Bomb Squad Academy. Oh yeah, Bomb Squad Academy uses dice. I can't remember. I don't know. Have, oh no, it's cubes. I haven't <laughs> opened that yet. I just thought but it was Bomb dice. Squad Academy is a good game. Yes. Uh, but no dice. It's no dice. dice. <laughs> um. Somebody uh, oh somebody asked how Belfort Dice is going, and uh, oh just Belfort Dice is going quite well. Um, we got some feedback from Seth and the rest of the Tasty Minstrel crew that they would love to print a Belfort Dice game, just not this one as it stands yet. So we've got the go back to the drawing board um, call or request from them, and it's not that the it's not throw it out and start a game. It's hey, change some of this, and we'll take another look at it. So things are going okay. Um, Belfort needs a dice game apparently. I think it, I think it's a really cool game actually. We just needed to finagle one thing that we knew was sort of a thing that some players had a trouble getting past. Like you could game the system a little bit, um, and. Yeah, so now with more eyes on it, we've got some more good suggestions on how to potentially get past it. So it's it's good to, again, put your stuff in front of people, and we just have a, the luxury of putting it in, in front of some of the best developers in the business. So it's, uh, it's nice to be able to do that, but uh, not everybody can, but definitely put your game in front of people whose opinions you value as advice. Um, any more dice games that people when, have been playing two, or liking? Or two big fan of that one. When two overused themes merge, such as zombie dice <laughs> and Martian dice, yeah, well, I like Martian dice and zombie dice for some reason. I actually do like zombie dice. Yeah. Well, I like Martian dice better or, just because I will also mention to Jr. We already talked about Twerk. Oh really? Yeah, we we said Twerk was awesome. It was the time. It was the third best game from the Collapse Cards Game Design Challenge in 2014. Bam. As determined by the Meeple Syrup. Judges. <laughs> yeah. What was, was. And, what was one and two? I can't remember to be uh, honest. Katie's game. Wind up warfare. Yep. No, 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 um, not wind up. Collapse oh. was uh, their total party kill. Total, total party. Yeah. 
My my son loves that game. Ethan apps adores that game. He'll he made it. Like he I said he said, Daddy, how do I make that game? I said, Okay, here you get some cubes and you write on them and and he did it. Do they ever pitch that? Like I, I think game? they were trying because and and the thing about it was because of the limitations limitations of the parts they had, it was really not a well fleshed out game, but it no, was no. the kernel of something amazing, right? Yep. And so I, I don't know, I don't know if Katie's actually I think they're definitely doing more work to make it more players because I believe it was only like a really could only handle like two players at the component count they had, or three or something weird. Um, and so I think they're revamping it, but she's always she's been pushing the uh, the other game that she designed that she and Jessica designed first the um, the cow one the aliens and the cow. Oh. Heifer heist. Heifer, uh, yeah, heifer heist. Heifer heist. Yeah, but no, I believe I personally it. believe that uh, total party wipeout. Total party wipeout. That's it. They don't like the word kill. Total party wipeout's a better game. And then um, the one from the DFW. Um, Nerdditers one, the toy wind up warfare one, I think it's actually it might be signed. Uh, I hope that it is signed because I tried to sign it from them in September and was in the process of doing so and then was divested of my obligations <laughs> to the company right. I was trying to sign them for. Nice. So I, I think I think things are going. There's another one from the DFW contest that I believe just got signed. Oh, really? Uh, gosh, which one? Well, I believe, and I could be wrong, but Action Phase Games announced two game signings this oh, week, and Chris. one was featured by Chris Bryant. It's not... So he did Galapagos Expeditions? I'm not sure that that's public, so just forget that I said that. Um, <laughs> it's a game that I've played, and it's very good, but it isn't the one that was in our contest. The one that was. Oh, in I our... thought it was the evolution of that. I didn't realize they were. He, yep. It was something different. But the other game that he has, well, I mean, he has many. But the other the game that he submitted to our contest is very good, dude. Guys, we have like four or five very good games from our contest. Yeah, yeah well, I that's be why I'm actually surprised they're floating around still. Well, I'm not. I am, and I'm not. Right. It takes uh, it takes actually another skill set to get a game signed. Right. Yeah, and, and the other and thing is that I, I think and luck and a whole bunch of things. A bunch of a bunch of what did come in, and well, it's not that to say half baked would be giving it it would be discrediting. Them. Well, because it was a contest. It's not yeah, like exactly. That's so really they weren't they weren't fully cooked yet. Yep. And I think. Uh, giving them the extra... How many months has it been since that contest, JR? What do you think? Eight months? Yeah. Yeah, that, that extra six to eight months. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a few of them yeah, uh, coming them. out, yeah. you know, uh, not coming up but getting signed at yeah. this Gen Con or at this Origins yeah. Yeah, no, as opposed to last year. And I know some of them went to those, to the speed datings, based on... <clears throat> yeah. How they how well they did at the um, Nerd Night contest, and um, you know you some of them back of what to work on. Exactly, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them come back very different and stronger because of that. But even just giving them the confidence to go do that, I don't think it's false confidence. I think that uh, I think the potential is there. For yeah, sure. it's something that people have to do. You have to go put your stuff on the line uh, at some point in time. You cannot. Wait on something until it's it's perfect. It's perfect because if you do that, you'll never go. You'll I mean, never it never put it on the line. actually get 
fully baked then because exactly those are the moments of putting yourself out there. I mean, even uh, on our previous episode, which uh, Chris Leader was alluding to, he, he found out about a game that I was designing that he's very excited about. He said, how can I help? And it was very generous of him, but he immediately started playtesting and going back and forth with me about terms and ideas that he had just as a fan. And, you know... Like, Is this about the mystery game that we can't talk about? Well, I I feel like I can kind of talk... Who's going to watch The Late Show this late? It's the Back to the Future That's why I know, I know, I know yes. what it is. So, yes. <laughs> this game is so good. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, but it was funny because he finally found out about it because he's good friends with Matt and Ben and they're designing Back to the Future... The, the, the cardboard board game. game, yeah. And it's, you know, a fuller, more gamer, gamer game. And then they were looking for kind of a, a quicker, more, you know, accessible dice game. And right. so I designed that because I had a dice game idea. So it, and it really applied anyways. And it was funny because then Chris, a little heartbroken, I think, from hearing about it, but also very excited for me, offered to help just as a fan and as a designer. And to be honest, he was amazing. Like, the feedback he gave me was spot on. He played it immediately right away. He got, like, what I was trying to do. Like, he played it right away with his kids. Like, nice. It was so... It was such a positive experience. Give him credit in the designer notes. So he'd have his name on a Back to the Future product. Well, I submitted his name as an official playtester. And that'll that'll make him happy, because I know how big a fan he is. Because he was a great help, and he was a playtester. And so, like, for me, it was a blessing. I didn't know that you'd done this, man. Oh, well, I kind of had to keep it on the down low. But contracts are all signed, so... (laughs) If I'm in trouble, sorry. You Who has the license? Uh, so IDW. It's IDW. It's, yeah, uh, that's what it was. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that'll be... actually, And the, the craziest part, and I don't know if this is going to happen, but they said that they're going to try to get it out as fast as the board game. The board game's coming out in, like, March, April. Wow. So I have no idea how they're going to pull that off, but they said they're, like, going to try to pump this out as fast as can. So they, they, I mean, they could. So I think at least by Gen Con, right? you can always have some fast. It, it should be at Gen Con. It wow. is uh, that that they'll have a crazy booth at Gen Con if they do all that stuff. Yeah, I'm super excited about it because it is honestly my like. You say you like Warful Bonanza. Mm-hmm. It captures a little bit of a Warful Bonanza in that you know your downtime, you're paying attention to other things. Yeah, that's that. actually what I really like about World Full Bonanza. That's what I like, and that was right away when Chris played it, he's like, I like it, it's not a solitaire game. And I'm like, that's what I hate about dice game is that people think, you know, when you roll, it's just about yourself. Like, yep. for me, that cannot be. Like, you need engagement yeah. all the time. It needs to be a quick game. It needs to move. It needs to have a push-your-luck element. Yeah. And so and I mean, that, that's what we're trying with Belfort Dice as well, is that you care what people are rolling. Yeah. You have a say in some things. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, there's no player elimination. It was because it's kind of based on Liar's Dice in a way. Yeah. Uh, so so anyway. I'm still cooking around. It was funny, because out of that experience, that I got a bunch of other dice game ideas that now I'm like trying to slow, slowly, like, you know, make into other games. So, so. basically you're saying you're, you're cutting in on Chris Leader's uh, little... No, no, I will never be the dice guy. No, no. So you're saying Walled City, the dice game's coming at when? Honestly, oh. you say that? I totally said <laughs> it. I started, I started playing around with the dice from it, and I started designing a game, and then I remembered that Mercury will probably never make it, so... Uh. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's interesting. So I have to wait on that one. Oh, okay. It is literally 12.58, so um, we need to probably get going. That's if any, Is there anything, any last-minute words from anybody out there in YouTube land uh, from the audience here? Oh, Chris Handy comes on, and we're going. Oh, Handy, wow. you big loser. <laughs> now you come on. Yeah. There, there's um, another wonderful designer. Yes. Oh, um, Packa Games 2 will be kickstarting sometime in the very new future. Would Packa Games ever involve dice? Ask him that question. Hey, yeah. Handy, will Packa Games ever involve dice? If yeah, you, you put are, these like, little, He can put the little tiny ones <laughs> in there, and they fit yeah. in the... Uh, the gum pack, so... Yeah. yeah, you can still put it in the gum pack, but maybe, like, two cards and then a bunch of those. <laughs> there you go. March 3rd, Kickstarter on... March 3rd. No. <laughs> two, day, two days before my birthday. He was a big no, no dice in his pack of games. No dice. Uh, but if you guys are looking like for really cool, really cool uh, mini games... Uh, that are oddly satisfying, like oddly really good for having uh, a very low component count. Um, pack of games, you can't really go wrong. There's something in there for everybody. Yeah, there's a, a nice variety of games, and you can carry with them anytime you want. And I have four that I are on the list to review, and he sent me a message a couple weeks ago, hey, new stuff's coming out, are you interested? So it's all, I have so much stuff I have to review. I now actually have a calendar whiteboard where I'm actually keeping track of. Okay, I have you, to. Have are you trying to tell me that you're organized? I am getting organized. That that's kind of scary. An organized Tyler that that could be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, pull the rest of my hair out. <laughs> dice game, the dice game. Seriously, Jr. What is this? The greater than? Yeah, podcast? well, that's I mean, what I'm asking the side is if it was legitimately submitted. For anyone who doesn't know, you missed out on a great uh, design contest, which we should have been highlighting. Uh, the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, I, but we forgot, I, to be honest, yeah. uh, to mention it. But uh, Greater Than Game slash Dice Hate Me had this meta game contest, which JR is actually already part of that family because he was on the original Kickstarter where they put out the deck builder, deck building game, and they put out Unpub, the card game, uh, where uh, those are the first two in kind of the meta game series, and they decided to do a contest, find some. Uh, some diamonds in the rough. They actually had 80-plus submissions uh, come in on Monday, I believe, was the deadline. That's and crazy. Now they're yeah. going to have to discern through those which ones they would like to get. <laughs> which games are actually good games and which, way, which games are just bad puns. How, mu how much percentage do you guys predict are just horrible games out of this? I don't... I mean, okay, so... Be, be, be honest. Well, assume they got about 100 games, okay? Because, yeah. like, he was saying 80, like, the day before the submission deadline. Assume you got 100 games. Of those 100 games, I'm going to guess that at least half of them were submitted by people who had either published a game before or had spent a lot of time in design, right? Because a lot of it was like the card and board game designers yeah. group and like yeah. Yeah. some of the other groups on Facebook and stuff. Like, Sure. So let's slice it in half and say there's 50 legit submissions. Yeah, I think there will be 50 submissions that are, with some amount of development, publishable. Of the other 50... I would guess that they range from, like, here's a concept, and there's probably yeah. a few that are just, like, really, really bad. But I'm going to, like, have some faith in the design yeah. brotherhood. Because I was actually, that's my point. I actually think they probably got a lot of good game ideas. Yeah. 
Um, what I'm curious about is, did they get a lot of games that were well tested? Uh, so actually, there's a, a conversation. Lot of people have a lot of ideas, but it's hard to get those ideas play tested sufficiently. Yeah, there's actually a pretty good ongoing conversation in the card and board game designers group um, where people are like posting what they submitted and talking about their process. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a little easier because like the nature of the metagame, their contest is like, hey, make this thing small enough we can fit it in what is basically a, a clamshell double tuck box, double deck tuck box. Yep. So like a smaller game is easier to get to the table and test. Most people are just like doing a card game or maybe a couple dice or whatever. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it's, a, it's a fun contest. I submitted Did a game. You, I was way. just going to say, you submitted yeah. one or two, didn't you? I submitted one game. I thought of a couple others, um, but I submitted Magic Circle was the name of my game. And, and tell us, give us the, the JR pitch. Uh, sure, so Magic Circle is a game about lying, cheating, and stealing in a game uh, while you try to summon a demon. Uh, so you and your friends... Oh, that's uh, what you wanted all those words for. Yeah, you and your friends are practic. You and your friends are like basically amateur witches trying to summon your first demon, and uh, while you're trying to do it collectively, you're also doing nasty things to each other uh, in an effort to be the most evil person there. Uh, but you've got to be careful because the person who actually is the most evil when the demon comes will be sacrificed to the demon's glory, and the person who is the second most evil will actually win the game. Uh, the way that you collect evil is by playing cards that have an evil value, and some of them let you steal tokens or pass tokens around. Uh, your score is the number of... It's basically the points in your cards plus the tokens you have at the end of the game. Sounds like a habit game to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did... Uh, it's funny. I submitted it to Kurt at Smirk and Dagger. I didn't submit it. I, I emailed him because, like, demon yeah, summoning totally and sounds. backstabbing, that's just his yeah, thing. Totally. And uh, he was really supportive and gave me some good feedback. So All if right. it doesn't go the way of the project, I'll... Well, this is the thing I actually I had said in one of the discussions going on. I was encouraging people in the last few hours, you know, to get their submissions in. But I also commented, and I was curious about how many people decided not to submit um, for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, for myself, yeah. uh, it worked out that I had a game that I had play tested sufficiently. What you know was very happy with the test results. You know, they had leveled out to the point where it was consistent. There was no like rule suggestions. There was no none of that. But uh, the art that I had uh, a friend doing didn't get finished in time. But I was very happy. Like, I have a whole game that grew out of this challenge that I'm very happy with. So, you know, if uh, it, whenever it gets signed, if it gets signed, I know my copy, I will play on a regular basis. It's, uh, um, yeah. it's a climbing game about climbing mountains. So Yeah, we talked uh, about that the other day. Yeah, and I love it. Like, I honestly, it's right up there with, like, a variety of my favorite climbing games, so... I will, now, would uh, it would it be tied into the Yodler game on Prices Right? What, well, dude? Going? It's so funny you should Yodley, say that. Yodley, 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 Yodley. We, we put us a, a side of the mountain just for a little silhouette of that guy, <laughs> <laughs> just to be added later on. And it's funny because we actually have this little subtle rule that if you're playing, um, certain cards can be combined. And I made number of clouds, so you can either count the clouds to know it or or there's, like, multiple ways that you can see the rule. So one of them was we are going to add that little Yodeler guy. We are going to add them to the side <laughs> to remind you how many cards you can combine. That's awesome. So, good reference. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I didn't... I, I very rarely do any contests. Um, it was almost my first submission. Here's the thing. Like, you get to a certain point, and if you have a game idea that is good enough that you want to work on it and submit it, 
you'd rather not give control of it to another entity and enter a new contest, right? You'd rather have personal control over it and show it to the designers you think it'd be good for it. Right. I have a question about that. With those contests, like, do they get the rights to it for a no. year or do they have the rights forever? Or? Mike, I, I mean, I, there's no contract signed, right? So, like, you can't sign away the rights to a thing that you submit. Um, yeah. Unless you do so, or I guess they get yeah, like, well, they offer you a time, right? Yeah, but Hasbro specifically says like you 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 click exactly, into a it thing up front, yeah. right? Like so, on Hasbro's website, when you submit, there's a thing that you check and say like you understand that you're giving away these rights and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so for this one, it's the contest, and um, you know Chris and the people from Greater Than will. Maybe I mean the option is there for them to do what they will with the game in terms of approaching the the person who designed it and offering them a contract. Right. Right. But I don't think there's any strings tying anybody to anything. No. Because no, that would be bad from both. And I think ends. it's a pretty quick turnaround on feedback. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, if they're gonna do another April, contest. <laughs> if they're gonna do another April Fool's campaign, right? Yeah. Like, that's. Exactly. Two months away, so yeah. Oh. yeah. April Fools, sir. Bob knows what I'm doing for April Fools. Oh, I'll tell you. What, what's that? Uh, Do oh, I, I can't to tell you. It's the April Fools. Okay. Oh, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm really excited <laughs> for Magic Circle. I hope that I hope that they take a look at it because um, one of the guys in my design studio, Cody Lewis, uh, a part of Waitress Games, yeah. is um, he doesn't have any published designs yet, and he's a co-designer. I asked him to come in and write some of the the thematic aspects of the game and help me find some thematic abilities. Yeah. Uh, it would be his first time having his name on a box, and I really want that for him. So. That'd be awesome. Yeah. He's only yeah. like 24. It'd be kind of a cool thing for him to have. So. He was a playtester for us for Fantasy Fantasy Baseball as well and helped with yep. some of the powers. Cool. I'd like, I'd like to be in more games. That'd be cool. In more? Dude, you're in more than me. Yeah, three so far. I mean, come on, oh, get, let's get it up to ten. You need, you need to get Sen and I in some games with you. Sure. You know, sure. there's got well, I, I be am in a lot of games. Any game where there's an Asian in it, we all look <laughs> oh. the same. Yeah. Anytime oh. there's a big fat redhead guy, that's got to be me. <laughs> oh my! Goodness. Wow. On that note, we digress. Let's yeah, it's it getting wrap. late, so we're gonna wrap up. Um. I think we showed the end plate at the beginning, so yeah, we, did. we don't even have to show that because uh, we went Great. in backwards order. Yep, so on that note, I just want to say thank you to our viewers. Thank you again to Chris Leader and Matt Leacock for being on our show this week. No, also, thanks thank to Chris Handy. no thanks to Chris Handy. No thanks to Chris Handy. But uh, thanks also to JR for jumping on to our after show with us, joining us, and uh, we're, you, know, you and Ace and, and the Nerd Nighter crew are always welcome here. Uh, Thanks, Matt Leacock. Yeah, and socks. <laughs> socks are are in. Socks are a thing. Uh, stay stay tuned for the Matt Leacock sock show. Uh, <laughs> so until, until oh, then, please tell me that's real. That that's a, that's a, a thing it, to come. It may become real. Uh, but until then, I suggest don't wait for the socks. Keep making good games, and we look forward to playing your game soon. So we already know that Matt knows how to knit, don't we? Yes. We'll see you later. Good night. Au revoir. Au revoir.